This is the Cameron Journal Podcast. It's a place where we talk about important things. It's a place where we bring a little slice of the news to you. It's a place where we do important things, have important conversations. It's also things that I like to talk about. My name is Cameron Cowan, and this is the Cameron Journal Podcast. On the Cameron Journal podcast, we are speaking with Terry Lynn. She has written a new book called uh, "Why Did I Like You Anyway," <laughs> and uh, it's a book about dating and it's an in- insight into the dating minds of women and the complete disaster that is modern dating. Um, in the little log line for the book, it says dating in 2023 is scarier than the apocalypse, and it's easy for women to complain about what's wrong with men. However, sometimes women have to look at themselves. So this is bound to be an interesting discussion. So welcome, Terry, to the Cameron Journal podcast. Thank you. Glad to be here. Excellent. So I wanted to um I wanted to begin by First of all, making sure that my face is on the screen so people can see me. That would be helpful. But I wanted you to start off. While I, while I do that, um, why don't you tell us, there it is. Why don't you tell us a little bit about your book and what inspired you to write it? Okay, well, it's a book on relationships. What inspired me was I am a serial dater. And mm. I never could seem to get a handle on what was going wrong in my relationships. And I felt like my type was all across the board. I've tried everything there was. And then after a while, you start to feel like you have to kind of start looking at yourself instead of looking at what other people are doing. And so I just kind of started, well, I've always been that person that talks to, you know, other women and get their feedback and, and their stories. And a lot of stuff sounds familiar that most people really don't look at themselves. They just look at the other person. And after you start looking at yourself and find out that a lot of it boils down to how you feel about yourself is why you keep getting the same outcomes. But yeah, it's like all my dating experiences that led to this book. <laughs> Fair <laughs> enough. I, I wrote a, I wrote an article last year that was very popular called Serial Monogamy. And where I kind of talked about, you know, like going from, you know, Oh, relationships, you know, a couple years here, a couple years there, all this type of thing. Um, and, and it was interesting with the comments and all this type of thing. This obviously has been a subject, I don't know how active on social media you are, but on social media, this is something that is talked about almost daily in yes. terms, yeah, like it is a huge, it is a huge, a huge thing. So um, when it comes to, I guess, self-reflection on the relationship situation. What is, what is your message to other women? I mean, most women, well, a lot of people, period, do not self-reflect. And even when they do, they're looking at it all wrong. Like they'll find a thousand things wrong with them, but they're ignoring like the glaring 
problem of all. Um, but I think the just of it does boil down to self-worth. But I think if you quit pointing the finger at somebody else, it's like as long as you keep pointing the finger at someone else, you can never dissect yourself. Like you will never get it. But that's where most people do. You know, it's, you know, men are dogs. Men, you know, it's all based on them. And even when you hear these conversations, it's still in the same direction that men are, you know, what women think and what they're supposed to do. Women are the same way. And then you have a lot of misleading information like books on how to get a man, how to keep a man, which there's really no foolproof. There's no blueprint for that. So even in reading that and you're not dealing with the same man that they're dealing with, you're still not going to get the results that you want. So it still comes back to you. Yeah. What I, <laughs> yeah, that is definitely, um, I, I always joke, you know, one thing that people, especially other guys forget about women is that women are incidentally people. Um, <laughs> you know, and, and with, with every nuanced, weird thing that goes with that sort of thing. And, um, I, I find that, 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 that gets lost in the shuffle. Like, you know, I'm a person, you're a person and we, for, and whereas we're trying to categorize everybody into these boxes yes, in order to kind of make it all make sense. Yes, and, and women do the same thing. And it's usually like based on what you read, men are supposed to do this, this, and this. And we're all different. We're not the same. People do have complicated personalities. And there is no one rule to this is what you're supposed to be doing in relationships. And if this is what this person is doing and you're not doing that or he's not doing that, then something is wrong. Yeah. You know, or something's wrong with her. It's and then the, I think the terms we use these days are inappropriate, you know, submitting and, you know, men being the leaders and women being strong, <laughs> like the terms are just taken out of content, which doesn't help our relationships either. No, no, certainly, certainly not. I, I remember years ago, um, I was doing a, a voiceover sort of thing, um, for somebody, and we were talking, I had told her that, um, you know, when you have, you know, your list of all the things that you want in a partner, I said, you get to take that whole list and pick three. That's, <laughs> yes. and, and if you get three, you will have done incredibly well. You might only get one or two. Um, and the very idea, like that whole concept that you'd have to take her long list, which was 50 plus items. Um, oh, yes and reduce it to three things you might as well have told her I, I might as well have told her the earth was flat you know or <laughs> something equally shocking um you know because she just could not she's like it's like well you know why do I need to give up on any of this stuff and I'm kind of like because it should matter about the connection not you know does this person check this whole laundry list of items that I've decided I need in order to have a fulfilling relationship like that doesn't make any sense to me it doesn't, and they have to think about where do they fit in with this. Right. It's like sometimes we're labeling all the things that another person have, but we don't even match these items ourselves. And it can't, the relationship can't be all about everything for me. 
everything to satisfy me, everything that I need. And I think there is this notion that the job of the man is just to satisfy his woman like that happy wife, happy life. Well, what about the other person? <laughs> yeah. It's, it's like there's no concept. And to me, I'm like, don't put a list of all the things that you want. Just put a hell no list of the things that you won't tolerate. And all the rest of it you can work with. <laughs> yeah. No, I I I think I think there's definitely something. I think there's definitely something something to that. What I want to get your perspective on this. I think online dating has completely broken the dating market. I've written about this. Many others have. What's your what's your take on that? My take is that it just seems like, well, especially with the, the free apps, it seemed like the majority of the women on there are serious. And a lot of the men is just like a meat market and another place for them to meet women and have sex. Now the paid apps, it seems like both parties are a little more serious. So I think that's a better way to go. But one thing I think women, just from a lot of women I talk to, just because their profile says one thing, it's still the same as if you met them in person. You have to have a moment to make sure that what he says is true you know, mm-hmm. that he matches a profile. You can't be like, okay, well, all these 10 things checked off. So we don't even have to talk about those. We can start from there, you know, and work our way forward, which is making the relationship go super fast. And you don't even know who you're dealing with. It's like, you can't, online dating doesn't cut out <laughs> the middleman. You yeah. still have to go through the process of dating. Just look at that as just an introduction, just to start conversation. Yeah, I think that's 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 wise. I think also, I mean, I, th- I think one of the difficulties with dating apps is that you have you have a lot of men who get nothing, and then you have women that get the most vile, terrible messages you've ever read in your entire life that will make you completely lose faith in humanity. Um, <laughs> you know, and that it, so it as I I feel like it's equally it's kind of equally bad for for both parties just on that basis alone of you it 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 seems asymmetrical i don't know why we keep insisting on doing it it doesn't work like from a practical pragmatic perspective it don't work well i mean i think the first the where they thought it was a logical ideal because you figure you have a lot of people who don't go out don't know how to meet people don't have any friends to introduce them to someone. So that's kind of like a meeting place where you can start meeting a person, but it's still, you have to just look at it after everything you've read online, no matter how many times you've communicated online, when you meet this person in person, which needs to happen, because I don't understand people dating online for a year and you haven't even Zoomed or FaceTimed is crazy. No. Yeah. But when you meet this person, maybe you should just feel a little more comfortable that you've already been formally introduced, but it starts there. The same way if you would have met them in person, just disregard everything online. You have to get to know them because anybody can write up a profile. Anyone <laughs> can make, you know, stuff up. And then just because you you two match on paper, it doesn't mean you're still going to have a set of connection. 
And so I think a lot of times when yeah. you see that on paper, you're kind of forcing a connection, you know, like, who I finally met somebody, but it's, it's not real. No, I, th- I think that's an important point, though, that whole idea of the 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 first the first meeting and getting to them that's really where it where it starts like you still have to kind of go through the entire the entire process yeah Um, the entire process not don't take anything offline and then you need to re-ask those questions anyway just to make sure he can remember it because you can't remember a lie so even if he wrote this profile it still, you need to meet him and still talk. Don't pick up as if this is a person you already know so you can cut out so many formalities and jump to relationship, jump to the sex, because we've already, you know, taken care of most of it online. No, no, I think that's, I think that's quite fair. Um, I also wanted to ask, because we're both people of color, um, what, what is, a lot has been said by a lot of rappers and a lot of radio shows about sex and dating in the black community. Um, what, what, mess. yeah. I mean, what's, what, what's, what, what's, what's your take on that? Is it good? Is it bad? Help? Like, what do we do? Hell. <laughs> I, 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 think it's, I think it's more difficult. Um, I think black and Black relationships are more difficult just for the fact it's like women, when we start reading our books, not including mine, but I'm saying if you're reading books that are written by white women about what a man should be bringing home and how you, you know, how he should wine and dine you and what you shouldn't have to pay for, well, you're talking about the white man who's doing most of the hiring and then the black man who's barely getting the jobs like you're not dealing with the same man so reading the same book on what's expected out of this man is already messing us up like there's not enough well-off black men for all the black women to get one <laughs> so but, I, but I also I also feel like there's some guys out there that do really well but don't have glamorous jobs and get passed over a lot like in right, like right. among dudes we talk about that like I knew this one dude he worked for the railroad and his job was not glamorous. He works in the rail yard over here in C- in downtown Seattle. And yeah, he wears overalls and does the train cars and all that type of thing. But he's also union and makes like 45, 40, 45 bucks an hour plus like overtime at time and a half. You will live very comfortable with your railroad man, ladies. Like get you a man yes. on the railroad. Yes. You'll be doing very well. Like, like they have to be the top dog in the company. And that's just not our story. I mean, there's just, I mean, there are some black men who there, but there's not enough. I mean, you, right. you have to bring that down and I'm not saying you have to sit around with a guy who doesn't want to work at all but you're going to have to meet him halfway you know sometimes you might have to share in the responsibility of the bills you know you might not be able to afford to stay at home but we're reading the wrong books and we're not dealing you know with the same man and then I think too black people like black and white we're kind of at odds with each other you know it's all like Black women have a bad attitude and men don't respect, you know, black women. But I think there's, there needs to be a medium because, okay, nothing is all black women. No, all black women don't have an attitude, 
I think we do kind of wear the title. <laughs> like it, it's, we will go from one to 10 fairly quickly. And it's almost like we're disrespecting ourselves if we don't get this person told off. And I just don't think that everything has to be handled that way. And then, you know, you well, have I think that, that that's partly that's housewives culture. I mean, that I think in the last 20 years, that's been glamorized and voices oh, on television. Yeah. And, yes, and has been created as this thing like, oh, this is now seemly appropriate behavior when yes. like yes. I have dear friends in New Jersey um, and my friend Terry is, is she's actually the same age as my mom. She's older and she does not like that is not in, in the world that she grew up in that just wasn't done. Like that just wasn't, and her, right. and she came from fairly wealthy Virginia farmers. Her grandparents had live-in help. I mean, that she came from a very, you know, more kind of upper-class black background. And that just type of thing just was not, wasn't done, you know? And I think we, that behavior has been glamorized. And now you got all these young ladies out here who think that yes. that's okay. And it's not. Yes, it, it's really not. And, and it doesn't help us. And then if you do have a black man who wants calm and peace, he probably will decide to go to a different race. And it's not that it's all black women, but I think sometimes, like I've known black men, if you see so much of it, you do tend to think that it keeps happening with them. So you're going to go and look elsewhere. You know, well, I think it's, I, I think, you know, I think that's a great point. I think there's also an attention gap. Like when I was in college, I was hanging out you know, mixed group of people, blah, blah, blah. And I had a reputation for kind of getting around a lot and all this type of thing. And this one girl's kind of like, you're always getting with all these white girls. Why didn't you ever talk to us? I'm like, none of you literally return a text from me. Like, <laughs> I, I'm sitting right here. And your question wasn't, hey, can we go out? Can we hang out? Blah, blah, blah. Like, can I get on that? Just like something very simple. It's just kind of like the, why are you talking like, because none of you ever talk to me back. So they, they text back. So if you want to get in, if you want to get on it, then return a text, show some interest. Like, you yeah, know. So it still boils down to the same thing. If you're, before you judge a person, yeah. <laughs> just, just see, you know, before black men judge black women that they were, we're all angry just talk to us and see they might not be one and before you know a black woman judges a black man they need to do the same but there's just so much in media you know they put so much hype on black men dating out their race and really there are more black men who do date within their race than out of their race even though there is you know quite a few that date out but that still it doesn't matter that's still not all men and that still shouldn't make you dislike or think of all men a certain way just because of what another person does. And then, hey, why don't we expand? Black women need to date more outside their race. I mean, you have to largen your playing field, you know, instead of just being stuck one way, like nothing is stopping us from, you know, dating outside our race at all. But there is like a war going on you when you talk to black men they're really like oh y'all black women are triggered you know and black women oh you know black guys you know they aren't it's a shite like it's, it's just the same yeah you know over and over again it's just really like a a battle and it's really difficult to break through 
And I just felt my take, the only way to break through is do a self check rather than keep trying to change them or change men or talk to men about what they're not doing. Cause a lot of stuff that even men do to women, if we wouldn't put up with it, it wouldn't be going on. Yes. And that, that is something that I feel like it is, it is, uh, yeah, I think there's, there's definitely, I think a, an odd sort of cultural shift where a lot of really, I think negative behavior got normalized and glamorized and now we've had about two generations of people where that especially in the black community where like that's been the norm now and and now to me I look at it now it's like it's it's a matter of both sides it's kind of like the like people forget like my father is 76 when he was born African-Americans had the lowest divorce rate in the country lower than white people he was born in 1943 um I'm sorry 47 and in his lifetime, um, it's now like incredibly normal to have children with no relationship commitment, which yeah. I, I mean, and that was my, in full disclosure, that was my mother and father. They dated for a year. It was the eighties. Things were crazy. I'm the result. Their relationship did not work out. Um, <laughs> and so like, it's yeah. And I didn't meet my father until I was 23. So like, I'm I'm at the front lines of the problem. <laughs> like I get this, where this comes from. And I like that, like even like when my father did, he was in his forties when I was born and all this, he was twice divorced by that time, all this type of thing. And um, he better not listen to some putting his business all out there. Um, <laughs> and, uh, um, and all this sort of thing. And it was, it, it, but back then it was still like weird and odd. Now it's so normal. Like normal. I, I don't I don't understand that. Call me old fashioned, but I'm I'm not okay with that. Like, no, it, it, it's still, and I get it that you don't want to just um, shun a woman for you know having a baby out of wedlock, but the results still end up the same. You know, it's almost like we've taken this, this strong woman too far, and what I feel like I can do as a woman, and I don't need a man for anything. But at the end of the day, they always do. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. If you have this child, at some point, you're going to wish a dad was there. You know, so it still keeps coming back, but we're still stuck in this. We don't need a man. And, you know, you have more women, Black women in college, you know, running corporate jobs. That's, that's not helping either. I mean, nothing is helping. So it's like still the woman is still going to have to look at herself and not to put so much pressure on women but even when you think about women whining about oh I'm a single mom it's hard being a single mom but you know a lot of us you were single when you became a mom like we have to change we still have to change our behavior I mean I know sometimes things just don't work out I mean there is no foolproof even if you're you know married that you won't be left you know stuck with the bill but it still comes back to women change in our behavior and then the men will change because you think about it then we're raising the boys to be men and then we're starting the same cycle all over again yeah and i and i think i think one of the difficulties particularly in the black community is that we've had about two and a half generations of that kind of going now and i think it's it's a quite difficult it's a quite difficult thing to wear now even among the wealthy and well-heeled. I mean, Nick Cannon has how many kids by how many women? Like, yeah, I, I, 
for some reason there there's something so mysterious about that <laughs> just for the fact that he went so long without children after you know when he was married and he had children right. yeah. go this long stretch and not have children then to start having them i mean it seems like it's deliberate like he wants children like that because you went so long without having them but why would you he always seemed like a fairly smart guy like you can only be in so many places at one time why do you want children all over with no fathers in the house I, I, i'm just really he, he has enough kids he can't even see each one on different days of the week like there's not enough days in the week for saying, him to get through you? them all <laughs> like yeah. i mean i guess he could see mariah's kids together on one like that yeah, that's like on one day yeah they all live in whoever lives in all live in la they can all hang out together right. in new york but that's no, still yeah possible i just couldn't imagine someone who just always appeared to be more of a thinker like why are you doing this and you just keep on doing it <laughs> like you're not yeah i mean there's a lot of people that kind of make fun for fun of steve harvey for having these sort of very old-fashioned ideas about sex and relationships and dating and all this type of thing but then you look at something like nick cannon or what some of the basketball players get up to or what some of the rappers get up to like ludicrous has 10 kids by however many women i think at least five um and then all of a sudden steve harvey doesn't sound so crazy anymore <laughs> like right, right, all of right. a sudden he sounds pretty okay <laughs> like, <laughs> i think people don't like to hear um sometime hard truth you know it's just like even if you talk about women you know you can say like the apps and dads and you know okay of course he's a deadbeat and he's nothing and talk about him but it's like it, it's rude or you know, not right to talk about the woman. Like, why would you have baby number five, you know, by a guy who you know doesn't take care of their kid? Like, that's not proper to say that. Right. <laughs> you know, and, and it's just like, that's not helping us, especially for the next generations. You know, you want them to do better. And, and yeah, I, I just think a lot of his old fashioned, you know, and then some of his ideals, I, I get it, you know, like people talk about their, you know, his 90 day rules and stuff. And eh, majority of people are just not going 90 days. <laughs> no. So some of them, but even with that, it's still funny because some people need to. If you know you get attached easily and you get a little stalky if a person doesn't turn out to be who you, you know, who they say they are, you probably need to wait 90 days just to see. You know what I mean? Know yourself. You know, again, it comes back to self know yourself if you know you get attached easy and if you have sex with a guy you are gun hole in love and blowing up his phone if you know you can't take rejection like that you probably need to wait 90 days but yeah most people aren't waiting 90 days but i do think there should be a little grace period like geez <laughs> yeah i mean even just like especially in those early days it's kind of like you know and go you know go on a first date go on a you know uh, a, a second date get to know each other get you know a shared activity going you know like what you were saying before with getting to know somebody rather than just dumping right into the deep end of the pool yeah because i mean two dates is really anybody can be somebody else on two dates yeah i mean that's just not long to keep up this facade and keep up this nice date i'm telling you a third time meeting with a person especially if if we stop doing dates set movies do dates at coffee shops ice cream parlors like they have a lot of nice coffee shops now 
you know, yeah. something where you can sit and just really talk to a person, no alcohol involved. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? By the third date, you can pretty much look at somebody like, mm-mm. Like, you can really tell a lot by just sitting, talking to a person for a long time on a few different occasions. But it's like, we're not even giving it that. And, it, and it's like, people want to say like, well, I mean, I get it. It's any, every time a girl or somebody sleeps with somebody, they're not, and it doesn't work out. They're not traumatized. I mean, I get it. But after years of doing this, it is still going to start weighing on you. And just what's wrong with just taking your time. Like it's not even hurting nothing. If you wait two weeks, three weeks, that's only three weeks out of your life. Yeah, you're going to live the three weeks anyway, so might as well, (laughs) you know, take the time. So what about your own, your own dating journey? How's it, how's it going? Where's the pain points? Where's the frustration? Um, How's, how's it going? Um, I think it's going good. Now it's, it's a lot better because now I look at dates as just a date. That's it. I don't look at anything past that and sometimes I think I'm too aloof that I'm not given enough energy that I'm not you know that I am interested so I'm trying to find myself this medium because I don't want not tell other women you don't want to get caught in this where you're so comfortable being by yourself (laughs) that you really don't even know how to engage enough to make that other person know like yes I am really interested like you know I hope this will go further but yeah but it's still a journey I'm not closer to marriage and then but it's funny too because now when I date too I'm still thinking of book information <laughs> so it's like you're kind of <laughs> dissecting like hmm and then you say you have an ex-girlfriend I'm more curious well, why didn't that work out not <laughs> just because I just curious as to why things don't work out where did the love go <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. it's just a date it's really kind of fun and then I even now, like, sometimes I'll invite a guy out. You know, it's not all about just me and a free meal and take me Oh, out. and by the way, women, to like, to, like, we're, men are, I can say this pretty universally, men are very open to women asking. Like, we're not weird about that. Like, please do. Like, shoot your <laughs> shot. <laughs> it just, it, it makes it fun. And then you don't feel obligated because I, pay for a meal you pay for a meal like it is really even the playing field now I do I am still a strong believer that if you do the invite you should treat you know but if I do the invite I will treat you just treat somewhere that's affordable to you right <laughs> but, it, but it does and it helps you become uh better acquainted and friends because it's not like this guy sitting up here like okay it's $75 for dinner this date, you know, the next date is, you know, another 75 for a girl who might not even like him. Right. Or it might not even go anywhere. So yeah. if you are interested, you know, what's wrong with, you know, and then even if you just buy them out, come on, let's go get some coffee or let's go get some ice cream. I mean, it doesn't have to be fancy stuff, but it's just to show that you're interested without a, all about me, 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 and take me to dinner and bring me flowers yeah and i I think i think it also gives people a chance to um kind of show them you know their lifestyle where they like to go that's why i'm a big fan of like 
you know, meet for a lunch, meet for a brunch and take them to a place you really enjoy eating at or a place that you want to try. This may be in your neighborhood, all this type of thing like that, especially in bigger cities when traffic is an issue, like, you know, some, you know, because somebody's around the corner sort of thing. Um, Yeah. I mean, I think that's also a good way to kind of, you know, see what their world looks like, you know, because you can learn a lot by that. Yeah, it's really more intimate because you usually dates. I mean, I was so used to dates are always after you know evening, alcohol involved. Mm-hmm. It's like, can we cut out the alcohol? <laughs> just like, just no alcohol, and just and you can really build a friendship. So even if things just don't work out, it's like, okay, this person, okay, he was cool. He was a good guy. There's no you know, bad blood or anything. You can still like look out for each other in business or, you know, something else down the road. But yeah, just the going out late night and the alcohol, it's just pretty routine. And a lot of times the woman is already thinking what he's thinking after a few drinks, you know, which a lot of times they are, sometimes they're not, but a lot of times they are drinking alcohol he wants her to loosen up he's getting his <laughs> chest out and just the nights end up the same and yeah and I think that's especially important to be mindful of you know in like post 30s dating environment I'm 35 next month and one of the things I, I wrote about <clears throat> um last year is I was kind of like, um, you know, it's like where, you know, it's like, you know, there's a lot of us out here. It's like, I'm in my mid thirties. I'm a full-time artist. I run my own business, all this type of thing. I am busy and tired. So it's like, please, for the love of God, do not call me at nine 30 asking to go out for drinks. Like <laughs> I just got done working and off the phone. I'm ready to wind down, but that does not necessarily include leaving my house, (laughs) especially on a weeknight. Now on a Saturday, you might woo me out, but like on a Thursday, no, that's not going to be a thing. And, um, and I, I feel like that, you know, opening up those options, especially for, you know, the, when you're dating over 30 is so important. It's like, we're not in our twenties anymore. Everything doesn't have to be all vodka and Jägermeister. Like, (laughs) You can just pop around the corner for a coffee, you know, sort of thing. And it was almost like this dating culture that it has to be in the evening. It has to go through the, you know, late in the night. It has to be alcohol. It's just like, why don't we change that? I mean, I just think that whole shift would help dating so much more. You know, I mean, it would even help guys if they, you know, want to always talk about women just wanting a free meal. Like, I mean, I get it what they're saying but I get women who do just use men for a free meal but we can cut all that out coffee and ice cream (laughs) yeah no no I think that's a good that's a that's a good idea that's a good idea I'm a big fan of activities too putt-putt golf going to a museum yeah yeah like Like, I'm a big fan of those as well um, which I think can be a lot of fun and also a lot of those are very inexpensive they'll be cheaper than dinner Right, right. Especially at today's right. food prices, like with inflation. Right, right. Like a lot of these things will be like, you'll, you'll come out money ahead. So, right. yeah, yeah, absolutely. And you've gotten to know the person. Yes. And, and you've got a person. chance to bond, do something together, you know, sort of, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, what if, if there was kind of one main takeaway from your book, what would it be? 
knowing your self-worth, I think that's the most difficult thing to identify when you're suffering from low self-worth or low self-esteem. Yeah. I mean, that's what I'm hoping that when women read it, they can identify because I try to break it down because sometimes you, you can't just say, you know, you're suffering from low self-esteem. You're suffering from low self-worth. It's, it's still hard to pinpoint. It's like almost a light bulb has to go off. So I was just hoping that with all the different scenarios, they can see their behavior. And then it's like I try to give like a lot of different reasons a person does something because everybody's different. And so if you can see yourself in this and, you know, something might go off like, hmm, yeah, I do do that. And why do I do that? You know what I mean? Like, why do I work so hard when I'm in a relationship? I mean, sometimes you're just kind of antsy and can't wait. You know, I mean, you can't wait to see him you're kind of rushing things but you it is a time to do like a self-esteem checkpoint you know as soon as you meet a person okay where am I at my life right now spiritually physically financially what do I want what am I working on because where you're at when you first meet a person is going to dictate about the whole relationship and if you're at a vulnerable spot you're going to be manipulated easily, fall in love quicker, and it doesn't necessarily have to even be the right person. But I, I'm just hoping that people can take away to take a look at their self versus pointing the finger. And if you were pointing the finger and they were wrong, kind of still look at yourself of what did I do to contribute to that? What could I have done differently? Why didn't I walk away? Because that still comes down to your self-worth. So it, it still comes to that. To just look at yourself. Don't point the finger at the other person. And if they did wrong you, maybe forgive them and go on. Yeah, I mean, there's... <clears throat> I mean, I think, I, I think we get into relationships to grow and find out about ourselves. And I think, you know, in the, in the post-aftermath, ideally, you take some time and have some paradigm shifts to figure out what went right and what went wrong. Um, and I, I've seen far too many people, you know, jump into something with somebody else right away without taking that time to kind of figure out why the last one didn't work sort of right. thing. Because, because the, the last one, it was all the last one's fault. Right. You see what I'm saying? So yes. this new one, it's a different guy. So you think you're going to get different results. But now your results are kind of about the same. So you're still not getting it, you know, and not to mention, usually your next guy is going to be better than your last guy. So you think you're dating up a little bit, but you're still bringing your same baggage. You're still bringing your same trauma, your same attitude. I mean, you still haven't checked your self-worth. Passive-aggressive behaviors, self-sabotage. Yeah, yeah. You, you still don't get it. So, I mean, because it's because sometimes even people who do take a long break in between a relationship, if you're reflecting on the wrong things, you still didn't help yourself. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? If you still didn't increase your self worth, even if you go a year of celibacy, the next guy you get with, you're still picking up right where you left off. <laughs> like, yeah. you've, you've learned nothing in that year about yourself other than you're just still pissed at that last person and you didn't do a self-check in the whole year. 
Well, I would say your book is the perfect way to make sure that uh, we we're all we're all checking ourselves and and making the necessary improvements to find something happy and fulfilling. So it sounds very exciting. There's some parts in the book that say like my sister, one part in the book was her, right? And I asked her to read it. She's Mm. reading and she's like, oh girl, who is this? I was like, you? You. (laughs) (laughs) That must've been a fun conversation afterwards. (laughs) She was like, no, it's not. I'm like, yes, it is. (laughs) Like that didn't jump out at you. Yeah, so it is. Yeah. I mean, the the temple at Delphi had two inscriptions, the most well known of which is "Know Thyself," <laughs> um, was written over the te- over the entrance of the temple at Delphi, and that, um, yeah, that that is uh, that that's I think the the greatest challenge we face is to truly to truly know ourselves. Yeah, and and it's real tricky because I know a lot of people, even when you're a nice person. And you really don't get why you're not getting a person because you're not nice, but your kindness doesn't have anything to do with it. You know what I'm saying? Like there's just other traits, like just because you're a giving person, you know, you that's just doesn't make up for everything in the world. Like there could be nothing else possibly wrong with you. <laughs> no. And, and, and you also, you also can't necessarily rest an entire relationship on one person going to extraordinary right. lengths in order to make things work. Ask me how I know. Um, and, uh, <laughs> um, and so, yeah, I mean, that, that is, you know, as I tell people, I said, as, as the, as the former Supreme commander of, of save a whole forces, um, <laughs> I, you know, I like that um, yeah, like that's something, I mean, I feel as guys, we, especially those of us who are kind and loving and giving people, we get caught in these habits of, and this is that like women do this too, but it's, I think it's worse for guys when we get in the, I can save her, I can fix her, I can put her whole life back to blah, 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 blah. And it's like, that's not a basis for a relationship though. It's not. And you know, and it's funny when you, when I ran across, like even myself, I was that person at one time when I had to start, like, say, like I started studying narcissist behavior and I had to start to kind of look at myself, am I a narcissist? Because I'm actually doing something for someone and you're thinking you're getting a return. Like you're, right. you're kindness. You think that at the end of the day, that just because I'm a kind person, you know, in return, you're going to treat me nice or treat me better or see that I'm a good catch. But yeah. if you keep putting yourself out there to get a person to recognize that, that's kind of narcissist in itself. You know what I'm saying? It's almost kind of like manipulate. How about just go in, hold back on your giving? You know, nothing wrong with giving, but you have to learn how to receive. And then you have to think about the reasons why you're giving. Yeah, and not only that, but also do that in a way that the other person gets and understands and makes sense to them, you know, um, which gets into like love languages and all that type of thing. Um, You know, I, 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 I absolutely love uh buying little gifts and things for people that's like my favorite thing to do because like oh i thought of you sort of you know i was so so and i immediately thought of you and so i go all this type of thing um but if you know like in the case of my ex hers is quality time um for her the stuff that i got that did not matter you know it you know for her it was you know well how many days has it been since you sat on the porch with me and just talked you know um (laughs) 
And because that was far more important than whatever little thing that I found when I was out and about or whatever have you. So not only do I agree with you, not only do you have to hold back and, and know why you're doing it, but you also have to listen to the other person and do yeah. it in a way that they can actually take in, you know. Yeah, and, and appreciate your generosity because if this is what you like to do, you still have to look what what are the things they like. Right. You know what I mean? Just because you like cute bracelets and oh, this will look cute on you. This, what do they like? No, they're more like let's get a beer and just watch a you know a comedy. You know, yeah. but you can substitute like I did this, and so this you should be grateful. Like I'm even if you don't present like that, but like I'm still a nice person. It still makes me a nice person. But you're still not going to be equally meshed because your kindness is not the kindness they're looking for. And, and that is, and that is where you know, un listening to the other person, or even just when it happens, kind of seeing it, like when they're when you do something and they really like it, like seeing that, clocking that, understanding it, and then figuring out how to replicate that more often, like yeah. that gets back to that self reflection that you're talking about. I think a lot of people miss those cues. Yes, they do because they think they're being kind. You know what I mean? It's almost like you're being mean to me when I'm being kind to you, like you're ungrateful, but you're, you're not getting it. Like you're missing them cues because you just think that you're just this such a nice person. And there's other people out there would be glad to have someone do this for me, but that it's not all wrapped up in that. Sometimes you just have to hold back with your kindness, you know, wait, give a little, receive a little, like you said, listen to what they want. So at least if you're being a giver, you're giving them something they asked for instead of what you felt they wanted to have. Right. Yeah. And that is, and I, and that is, and that again, that gets into a, a lot of self-awareness that I think gets missed in the whole right. conversation on dating. Right. So, well, we're coming up to the top of the hour. So it's time for us to do plugs. So why don't you let us know where we can get the book and where we can find you online? Okay, well, the book is available on Amazon.com or where books are sold. Um, my website is WrightTerryLand.com, and feel free to reach out to me. I have a phone number on there, or email. I love to hear people's take on the book, um, get their feedback, answer any questions, or if someone has something they think I'm just really tripping on, I just really <laughs> like to hear it. But yeah. No. <laughs> no that's perfect you're absolutely delightful this has been a great conversation and thank you so much for coming on the Cameron Journal podcast thank you thank you this has been great That's all for this episode of the Cameron Journal Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Visit us online at CameronJournal.com. We're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And I love to talk to my followers and listeners. So please feel free to uh, get us on social media at Cameron Cowan on Twitter. And we'll see you next time on the Cameron Journal Podcast.